0: Hello and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. If you got your Bible with you, I'll invite you to turn with me to Romans 12, verse 1 through 2, because that's going to be where we're launching from this morning. So Romans 12 verse one reads like this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Uh, this is God's will for you this morning. We're going to start by just saying that. God desires for you to live a renewed life, completely transformed, made new, and it's possible for you this morning. And so that's the good news I'm going to be talking about. But I want to start by just acknowledging that many of us have probably experienced life that doesn't look like that before. I'm going to guess, maybe like 100% of the room, right, has lived uh, a life that's not completely renewed by Jesus. Because, guys, it's it's America 2018, and there are a lot of things going on, okay? It's chaotic, right? There's always something that we're supposed to know about or have an opinion about, right? There's always someone that we're supposed to love or hate, right? There's always something that we're supposed to be binge-watching, right? There's so many things happening uh, in our world today. So the question I have for us this morning is, how are we going to keep Jesus central in our lives? How are we going to focus on Jesus in the midst of chaos going on in our life? Uh, Well, I believe that we have to renew our mind. Uh, But to do that, there's going to be some things that we have to lay down and we have to let go. And so that's what we're talking about here this morning. And I could harp on a lot of different things that we need to lay down and let go, but I'm going to focus on two this morning. The first is distractions, And the second is old self mentality, okay? Distractions and old self mentality. And here's our main point, that God is calling us to lay down distraction and old self mentality so that we can experience a life of continual and complete renewal in Jesus. I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump in here to, uh, to the distractions. Jesus, I pray that you would come, Lord. Would you speak through me today, Lord? We ask that you would come, Lord, and be glorified in this place. God, help us even now to renew, excuse me, renew our minds uh, so that we can go further and deeper into your love this morning. God, come speak through me, Lord. Get me out of the way so that you may be put on the throne this morning, Jesus, because you are the King. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so distractions. Well, I think there's a lot of different distractions in this world that we could talk about, but I want to talk about a couple of different ones. One of them is idols that we create, right? We've created so many idols in our life. Some of these good things, some of these bad things, but it's simply something that's receiving too much of our attention or affection that only belongs to God. Right? When distractions are simply things that have taken an unrightful place in our life and in our hearts. And so, um, idols could be a lot of different things. It could be relationships, right? That we have people, either romantic or just friendships that so we put that person on a pedestal, right? We put that per- person where only God deserves to be. It could be ourselves right? I mean, I know I'm selfish, right? I, I put myself way too highly. I think of myself way too highly so often. I mean, how many of our thoughts every single day are about ourselves? How many of our thoughts are about our own wants and needs, right, instead of the Lord's? It could be money. It could be stuff, trying to accumulate things in this world. It could be our rights, as a people. It could be fame. I mean, there's so many idols that we've created in places that only God deserves to be. Here's a, a huge distraction for us. Um, media, right? Media, phones, smartphones, screens in general, TV, 24-7 news cycle, computers, right? I mean, it's everywhere that we look. One uh, scary stat for you is that the average smartphone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. Now, that's an average smartphone user, not even the most. If you're in the top 10%, you touch it over 5,400 times a day between just holding it, touching it, texting, scrolling, all these different things. I mean, if anyone did anything that many times, then we would tell them, like, you are crazy, certifiably, right? But for phones, somehow it's taken over our minds. It's taken over our time and attention. That's over 1 million or maybe even 2 million times a year that we touch our phones, Check out, I want you to check out this quote that I've got from a media scholar, um, and uh, on media and how it affects us. All media work us over completely. They are so pervasive in their personal and political, economic, aesthetic, psychological, moral, ethical, and social consequences that they leave no part of us untouched, unaffected, unaltered. It's a powerful quote. But here's what I didn't tell you this was written in 1967. Okay? How much more then do today we have to protect ourselves and be active at renewing our mind when it comes to media and screens? For those of us in the room who were not uh, born in 1967, as myself, um, that, just to give you some context, there were only a fourth of households in America had a TV at that point. Right? We were eight years away from computers being sold to, to the public, personal computers. I mean, this was like a totally different world. And yet, even then, we saw that, wow, this is going to consume us. And I'm not preaching like totally against media or technology that I hate it, right? I don't hate it. I'm using an iPad right now. For my notes, right? Okay, uh, but but here's the deal: we've got to be, uh, we got to know what things are going to try and consume us, so we can protect ourselves and focus on Jesus. So we don't get get to the end of it and say, "Wow, I'm so addicted to screens that I don't even know how to have a personal relationship with Jesus." We've got to actively pursue the renewing of our mind. Really, all this comes from instant gratification, right? We live in an instant gratification world. We want something and we want it now right but here's the hope for us uh, friends that we don't have to be uh, influenced by our culture more than we influence our culture and so we as the people of god just have to wake up to this and say how am i making sense of, of jesus being the central part of my life we don't have to be more influenced than we influence and then we come to old self mentality this other uh, big thing that we need to lay down Because many of us in this room uh, have, have believed that the sin, the act of sin in our life has become our identity as a person. This is what the enemy does. He deceives us and makes us believe that the things that we have seen in our past are actually who we are. And so we can't get away from it. I believe that every sermon really could be about identity because so much of this life is reclaiming the truth about God and the truth about who we are. And so we've got to, we've got to realize and wake up to what the enemy is trying to do. We, we, many of us in this room are probably thinking of a particular sin struggle and we're like, wow, yeah, I've gotten in a place where I've just thought, wow, there's no way out. I'll never get free from this. You know what? Maybe this is just who I am, right? These are all lies that come from the enemy. If y'all remember Jamie walking around on the stage a few weeks ago with chains, this is what sin looks like. This is what old self mentality looks like. It's bondage. And so we've got to get free. And so what does God say about all this, right? If these are the experiences that we've all had, experiences of bondage and not of freedom, what does God say about this? Are we destined to live this type of distracted life? Are we destined to live a life of old self mentality well of course i'm going to say no that's not our destiny right because jesus enters into the picture and so how do we lay down these things that's where we need to start right laying down and letting go are actually two different things first we've got to lay it down we've actually got to walk away from it so how do we lay it down well the first thing is it starts with encountering jesus We've got to be with Jesus. We've got to see Jesus. If you have your Bible, you can turn over to 2 Corinthians. So I'll read this passage for us. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4 says this. In their case, the little G, God of this world, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, But Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake, for God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is the word of God. The glory of God is found in the face of Christ. When I think about this struggle that we all tend to have uh, and and feeling like we can't get out of something or or something, some struggle will never end, uh, I tend to think about something that my wife and I have experienced as of late, uh, which I like to call the screaming baby time warp, okay? Uh, Many of us in this room have experienced this before, but you pick up your baby and it's the most wonderful thing that's ever happened and they're all happy. And then... They start screaming, hallelujah, uh, and then they keep screaming, and you're like, wow, thank you, Jesus, and so in those moments, um, th- there, there tends to be a little bit of despair that just comes down uh, as they continue to scream, and, and you start to think crazy things like this will literally never end, like this is literally my life now, is listening to this screaming baby, and if it's in the middle of the night, you might even think, wow, like it must be morning, because this has gone on forever, and you look at the clock, and you're like, 14 minutes. Great, uh, you know, and so the, this thing happens. It's a time war, but here is how you get out of it. Here's where, how you get out of it. You get a little bit, just a glimpse of perspective, right? I start to, I look at her and I say, oh my goodness, I love this baby girl. Wow, thank you, God, that you gave me this girl so I can love her and lead her, right? You start to get perspective and I let my love for her just overwhelm me. And suddenly I'm willing to do anything for her, even if she's looking at me screaming in my face, Right? And so that's how you get out. And it's just like that in our life with sin and distraction. Satan wants to blind you to the glory of God in the face of Christ. Right? And he has blinded many of us before. But guess what? Jesus makes a way for you. And when you actually get a glimpse of Jesus and his goodness and his love and his grace, then it all just fades away. And I can experience God in a radical way that actually changes the entire life that I'm going to now live because I saw Jesus. Guys, we've got to start from a place of encountering God over and over and over. Right. You're going to need it again and again. But he is so good. The distractions of this world have no chance against the face of Jesus. He is so much Better and it moves us. This is what it does. Encountering Jesus it moves us from a place of how long the Christian life is just how long can I hold on while temptation tries to drag me away, right? How how long can I go without sinning? What's my streak of days without sinning, right? It's like that all just is like that's stupid, right? And we walk into a place of how much of God can I get in my life because Jesus is good and I want to know Him, right? That's the that's the exchange that we have when when we actually encounter. Jesus. And so it's not only that, though. We don't just encounter Jesus in one instant. You're actually transformed. Your very identity is transformed because you are a new creation. So if you have your Bible out, you can turn the page and go to 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 16 says this, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Guys, this is true about you today. You are a new creation. The old in your life has passed away, and the new has come. This is the truth about you. I believe this um, in my whole heart. You will become who you believe you are. You will become who you believe you are. That's why identity is so important. What you think about yourself, if you feel like I'm just worthless, then I'm going to live as if I'm worthless, worthless, right? Right? If I believe I'm an overcomer, I'm going to live like I'm an overcomer. If you believe that your old self is still true about you today, then you're going to live an old self life. But if you believe that you are a new creation, you're walking into a new identity, a new destiny in Jesus. What Jesus says about you is so much more true than what you feel. Okay, can we just believe that this morning? Have you ever said this? Because I've said this before. I feel like that's not true. Are you serious? I feel like that, like your feelings have anything to do with what's true, right? Like, Are you serious? I say this all the time though. And I, I just want us to wake up to that your feelings are, are less true than what Jesus says about you. Your feelings are less true than what God has done in your life. And so let's believe it because then we'll live like it's true. We'll be transformed and we'll be renewed in our mind. Mm, Come on. Okay, so that's that's how we start laying down, right? That's how we start laying down. We encounter Jesus and then we believe we are a new creation. That's how we lay down distractions and idols and old self mentality. But then how do we actually let it go and walk away, right? How do we not keep just going back? to those those places that we don't want to live in anymore. Well, I want to talk about renewal as a continual process, and I want to give you a few practicals this morning. Uh, the first practical is, is to connect your identity to a reality. Okay? We've got to connect our identity to our reality. Okay, you got to start by believing that you're a new creation. Okay, that's step one, right? But you can't just believe it. You've actually got to connect it to who you are and your everyday life if it's going to stick around. Okay, and so let's read Colossians 3, 1 through 3, and see what Paul has to say about this. Uh, Colossians 3, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Wow. Okay, so we've got the identity piece, right? A miracle has happened. You were dead and now you are alive right you are made new in jesus that's true you are actually resurrected with him when he was on the cross your old self died with him when he uh, resurrected you actually start to live a resurrected life. That's why baptism is so beautiful. It's a beautiful picture of this, that we go down in the grave with Jesus and we actually come out resurrected to live a new life. If you've never been baptized, I just want to say, um, you should get baptized. It's awesome. Uh, we're baptizing, we're doing baptisms in a couple of weeks on Easter. And if you've never taken that step of faith with God, then I want to invite you to do it. If you've never done it, talk to your life group about it or talk to someone on staff because it's such a beautiful picture and it actually empowers us us to say, yes, I am a resurrected being. Let's go. Right. And so I believe this. Uh, but, but then there's another part in the verse that we sometimes I think misinterpret where Paul says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Okay. Here's what Paul uh, is not saying. He's not saying to check out from earth. He's not saying like the Christian life is an eject button and now, boom, like take me now, right? He's not saying that. I don't, I don't think so because I think what he's really saying is look at all of life through a resurrected lens. Yes. Look at all of life through the person of Jesus. And now I'm actually living the life that God created for me. And so you can't just say that you believe you're a new creation if your Monday through Saturday has nothing to do with God. Right? You've got to connect your identity to your reality, the things that are going on. I believe that God cares about your life, Amen. every part of it. He's not just waiting to see, like, did they come to Sunday service? You know, and then, okay, well, we'll check back again next Sunday, right? That's not God's heart. Like, He wants to be in your life every day, every moment, every second. I think that this problem comes from the idea in Western thought about sacred secular divide. Right. there's some things that we do that are sacred. Church, life group. There are some things that we do that are secular. Going to work from nine to five, changing diapers, things like that. Right. Well, I just want to say that that is ridiculous. Okay. It's not true. It's not in the Bible. And that's not God's plan for your life. Okay. Because he wants to be in your life every single moment. And so he's there with you when you go to work. He's there with you when you go to school especially the class that you hate, right? He's there with you when you're home all day. I mean, God wants to be in your reality, okay? But we've got to let him in. We've got to invite him into it and say, Lord, I give it to you. I'm not holding it for myself anymore. I repent of what I need to repent of. And I'm actually going to let go that idea that you are actually not a part of my reality. You're a new creation, but you're a new creation 24-7 all the time for every part of your life. And God wants to use you, for the glory of the kingdom. Amen. All right. Second way that we can stay out of that place is to keep your life in drive. Okay. Keep your life in drive. Here's what I mean by that. I believe that the Christian life is a little bit like a car perched on a hill. Okay. If you are put it in neutral or reverse, you're going backwards. But if you put it in driving, you can make progress. This past September, my wife and I got to go to San Francisco, and that place has grown man hills, okay? I mean, that place is hilly, okay? So we were, we got this rental car, and I'm like, I've never <laughs> driven anywhere like this before. And we're driving around, and it became very clear that I had to keep it in drive, and I had to hit the gas. Like, I meant it if we were going to go anywhere, right? What if What if I was in neutral? I mean, we would either destroy ourselves or someone else around us. And if we we're in reverse, like, take my driver's license away, because that's stupid. Um, so, I mean, neutral doesn't work, right, when you're perched on a hill. It's the same thing with your life with Jesus. Neutral does not work, guys. If your prayer life is in neutral, then let's put it in drive, right? If your worship life is in neutral, you ain't getting nowhere, okay? And so we've got to put it in drive if we actually want to grow and have our relationship with God flourish. And we know this right? Because we're distracted people. Neutral gets distracted every time. And I think neutral is where we start to not understand what is God saying for my life. That's where it starts to get hazy, guys. Because again, Romans 12 2, when we renew our mind, then we can understand the will of God for our life. Then we start to see what he's actually saying, what the next step I need to say yes to is. It's when we have it in drive. Okay, so let's go for it as the people of God. A couple of practicals to keeping it in drive. Set up reminders for yourself. Okay, I know that most of us, Cannot do like 12-hour quiet times, okay? That doesn't work for most schedules. So if you do, then man, that's awesome. Uh, I might need to talk to you about what you do to make that work, right? Uh, but most of us can't do that. So set up reminders to, to pop up throughout the day, right? The Reminders app on your phone is so faithful. It will always remind you, okay? And so get some scriptures on there and have them pop up throughout the day, right? Psalm 51, Lord, I want to renew my spirit right now. Or, or 2 Corinthians 10, 5. I want to take captive every thought in my mind right now so that throughout the day we start abiding in Jesus we're letting him in and we're keeping it in drive. And there's no part of our life that's taken captive by neutral, right? If you want to get away from your phone because of media stuff, then just write down on a piece of paper and stick it in your pocket, right? And every time you feel it, you just remember, Jesus, I want to honor you. You're the king. Renew my mind right now. Set up reminders in your life. And then, of course, Uh, spend time with God, right? It's so simple. It's so simple. And yet it's hard to do it every day, right? But when we do, we are transformed. So spend time with God. That's how you keep it in drive. You won't make it for the long haul on this road trip of life if you aren't spending time with God. And so get in His presence, worship, read scripture, pray, whatever you need to do, listen for God's voice. And I, I just want to say that spiritually, that's like the best advice for you. But even scientifically, you're supposed to spend time with God. And look, I say that because I found this recent study about the anterior cingulate. And I'm not a neurologist, so if you are, I'm sorry. I might botch some stuff here. Uh, but there's this place in your brain called the anterior cingulate. And it serves a couple of different functions. It's like self-regulation, emotional regulation, empathy, compassion. And scientists say that this is one of the clearest parts of your brain that's different uh, from a human to an animal. So it's important. It's an important part of your brain. Um, And so I found this recent scientific study, and it was actually conducted by unbelievers. These were not people following Jesus, and they came to this conclusion. The number one way that you develop your anterior cingulate is through prayer and meditation every day. And the second greatest way to develop it is by singing worshipful songs. Not just listening to them, but actually singing them. And so uh, here's the deal, guys, is that they actually they had people do this every single day from, from 8 to 12 minutes for like two months. They came back, and their interior cingulate had developed by 50%, and they would never regress. That was their new floor for their brain. So um, if you want a good brain, go spend time with God. Okay. Okay. So really though, that's like, that's how your brain was designed to work, right? God actually designed you to be with him. And so he wants to be with you. He says, actually, I'm going to make you a more fuller person. I'm going to make you who you are made to be as you get in my presence. And so we've got to keep it in drive because uphill battles are not unwinnable, but yeah, they're hard. So keep it in drive. Let's go for it. The last way that we lay it down is by fighting for community. You guys, you cannot do this on your own. You cannot do this on your own. You need people in your life who are speaking into you, who are calling out the new creation in you, who are helping you see the places you're distracted, who want to fight your battles with you. You need people by your side. And so that's what we're trying to do here at Antioch. We're creating a transformational community because here, here's what we know. We're trying to create a culture of renewal, but you cannot create a culture of renewal without a culture of good relationships, okay? They go together. Good relationships leads to renewal in every part of your life, the renewal of your mind. And so amazing things could happen if we really went for it together, I mean, just imagine if we together as a community, we're getting together, we're, we're getting filled up, we're encountering God, and then we're going out to every part of the city, just filled up and ready to renew our mind. I mean, it would transform everything, our personal lives, our families, our workplaces, our schools, every friendship that we have across the city would be uh, amazingly transformed if we would make Jesus the center, the focus of our life, inviting him in, saying, Jesus, I give you everything. I give you every part of my mind today. And when I, I don't do it right, I get together with my community and they fight my battles with me. It would be, it would be amazing. And so this morning, I want to invite you to walk into that type of relationship with Jesus. I want to invite you to give everything to him because he desires more for you. He does not desire a distracted life. For you. He doesn't desire old self mentality for you. He's inviting you to lay it down and by faith, with trust, walk away. Let it go and get more of Jesus in the process. And so, as we finish up here, I'm going to invite you guys to stand up and the worship team can go ahead and come on up and the ministry team as well. Go ahead and come up. We do this every Sunday because we want to respond to the things that God desires for our life. And so here's a couple of simple ways that you can respond this morning as we talk about renewal of the mind. Uh, I want to just make a note, if you feel like, <laughs> wait, I shouldn't have said feel like, if you are captive to your feelings, uh, and your feelings say more about what you believe than the truth of God, then come receive prayer. Uh, we're not made to live in that place of captivity in any place. Um, if you are struggling to believe that you are a new creation, And if you're not living a new identity life, then come get prayer for breakthrough. You are a new creation. If you feel trapped in either uh, distraction or just sin, I invite you to come up and ask for prayer for freedom. God desires freedom for you. And lastly, if you've never decided to follow Jesus, I want to invite you to come up and and receive prayer. Uh, You you can do it anywhere in this room, but tell Jesus, I want to give you everything. He's so worth it. He's so good. His love will never leave you. You don't have to be defined by any mistakes you've made because of Jesus. So if you've never given him everything, this is a great morning to do that. So we're going to create some space, respond to God, take one step. Whatever your one step is, let's take it this morning and let's respond to God. Let's go for it, guys.